We might disagree on naming a boat by length. Measuring our golf games against other golfers? That's by height. Golf. Pickleball. I like it. He's Tom DiCaprio. He's on the court. It's the Pickle with Mickle interview series. Zero. Zero. Start. I am excited to be on the court today here with Tom DiCaprio. Tom, it's about four o'clock there in Tampa. Is there a typical Tampa four o'clock rain or are you good today? No, usually in the wintertime, uh, we don't get a ton of rain. Usually after, uh, you know, September, you know, October, it slows down. And then the wintertime, we, it's kind of our dry season. Although the past week, we've had a few Seattle type days where it was kind of cold and rainy. So it was interesting. Gotcha. So it's more similar to here there in the winter because we got a little bit of that Seattle action out here in the desert too. I don't like it when there's a four in front of the number on my thermometer, yeah, no, but sure. it happens, you know, it happens. Yeah. Actually, my, my nephew was here from Boston last week and he's like, I didn't realize you got this cold down here. And I said, try to tell you guys. <laughs> That's right. So. It does. I mean, people, people don't understand it. But Tampa's a beautiful yeah. place. Certainly a lot of pickleball happening in oh, yeah. Tampa. We're going to talk about that. Now, there's not, well, how far is it all the way across to West Palm Beach where they're having that huge pickle expo, which is the first of its kind? You you, you have to have seen that. You know about that. Uh, yes, I have seen that. Um, that is, uh, West Palm Beach is about four and a half hours from here across okay. the state. Well, yeah, I thought it was a little far. It's actually easier to get to Fort Lauderdale than it is to Palm Beach. So, And it's coming down that way. Is that the next stop? Uh, yes, I believe so. I think that's what I saw from West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, all the way down to Miami. Just looks, Miami. Yeah, it just looks incredible. I mean, oh, yeah. and that's the whole sport of pickleball. And, you know, but wanted to, I mean, Tom, you've spent a life in sports. It's, yes. And you're fortunate to continue to be doing, uh, be a part of amazing things that are happening with sports, DCM Sports is your company that's really the yes, center of it of it all now and if we could though let's move back a little bit to go mm -hmm. forward because i happen to find an article by scott hamilton back from 2002 oh, yeah. in yeah. golf week yeah. yeah and this really showcased i think tom not only your entrepreneurial spirit which is alive and well today fortitude which you need and you know how you were able to gain some sponsors while also grinding out there trying to make yes. it on pga tour so yes. i mean take us back to that and then i've got some takeaways and some questions from what i read but i'd love okay. for you to bring it all to light yeah sure uh, i was back in the day it was probably a little later in 2002 it was probably closer to 2006 or 7. i was working for the pga tour event here in tampa uh, which was then the chrysler championship we moved to the spring and uh, I was no longer with the tournament, so I decided to go back to playing golf. I had some great uh, years of being in sponsorships with the Tampa Bay Lightning and with the PJ Tour event. So I made a lot of great contacts um, and was able to, you know, leverage those contacts to, you know, help me get back out in the road. I was a little older, so it was kind of tougher because I was in that weird age range where. Um, how, how old were you at the time then? Oh God, 2007, I was probably 36, 37, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. You're just, you're just a little older than me. So yeah, about 37. Yeah. 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 Great time so, to be out there. <laughs> yeah. It's a great time to be out there. Unfortunately it's, you know, um, 
kind of a younger man's game now, but you know, you're in, that, <laughs> you're in that weird zone where you're not quite, you know, old enough for champions and you're, you know, uh, just a little too old for, um, some of the startup tours, but, um, you know, it was kind of fun out there playing with some of the younger kids coming out of college and, and, um, traveling around the country and seeing some old friends that I, cause I had played right out of college and then went and got a job with the lightning and then the PJ tour event here. And then went back to playing after I had, you know, a couple of successful years, uh, on the sports business side. Um, so it was fun to get back out there. It really helped having the knowledge I had of the sports side of the business side to help me land some sponsors. Um, you know, not being a household name, it was a, I was able to, like I said, leverage some of those relationships to, you know, sec- secure some deals with Geico and some other brands that I had represented at the time. And that's kind of carried over now to Pickleball where, you know, I have some brands like Johnny O that support me, Therabody supports me. Okay, um, obviously, yeah. Obviously Selkirk. I'm, I think I'm one of the OGs with Selkirk. I think I've been around. I- that, I think that was far. 2015. I, I had to go. I mean, you can go far back on the Selkirk pages and you're there, Tom. So I, oh, yeah. I think it's an apropos term for you, Selkirk OG. I like it. Yeah. I think uh, Enrique, the El Condor is probably the oldest and then Glenn Peterson. But then after that, there's some other guys like Tony Tolinar and some others that were out there at the time. But yeah, it was, uh, I still have my, actually my first paddle that I got from Selkirk. So um, but yeah, I was able to leverage that, that in, a, in a plastic case or anything, or you just keep it around. No, it's in one of my old bags. Gotcha. So <laughs> it's, got, it's got a special meaning. I mean, it's not like a putter, like an old putter you can just go to, right? I mean, that paddle might not have enough pop in it to, to play with anymore. No, actually that paddle, I don't even know if it's, uh, probably still has a pretty decent, uh, you know, sweet spot. It doesn't have any dead spots or anything, but it's just the technology these days has, has you know, just like in golf has, has yeah. just, yeah taken off but um but yeah my garage full of putters can tell you that um you know, putting <laughs> probably was not my greatest strong suit uh when i was playing golf but um but yeah so i was able to leverage that and and that article with scott hamilton came about um i was good friends with him he used to work for the sports business daily um he's a great writer i believe he's in north carolina now still keep in touch with him awesome and, yeah uh, you played on the tar heel tour yeah, Tar Heel Tour, uh, played a little bit on what's now the um, Corn Ferry Tour, uh, you know, Monday qualified out there. Um, oh, the, oh, say the, the Corn Ferry back then back would have then been nationwide. Nationwide, okay, nationwide. yep. And then, um, you know, played some other regional tours and, and did, did some uh, things along those lines. So, um, but yeah, I was out there, oh, that was 2007 to 2000, probably 11 or so. Okay. And then uh, I had started my company here at DCM in 2010. So I was kind of getting that off the ground. So I stopped, stopped playing to kind of get this started. And again, leveraged, you know, some of my business contacts there to basically my company is a golf tournament management uh, tea gift company. So, you know, you, you show up to a golf tournament, uh, you get some tea gifts. Uh, I'm the one that puts the packages together. So, you know, when uh, you show up, you know, you get your shirt, your hat, your balls, your golf bag, whatever the tournament decides to order. And now it's gotten sophisticated where we have websites where you can actually go in and shop before the tournament and the item shows up with your name on it. So it's actually kind of nice. So you can put together, you can go online and, mm-hmm. and kind of build your tournament bag. And that's, mm-hmm. and DCM's putting all that together. Yep. I'm putting on all that together and bring it to the tournament and handing them out. Awesome. Um, and, uh, leverage that into a lot of corporate relationships again with uh, some of my uh, corporate 
uh, relationships that I had in the past. Um, Corona and the Constellation Brands is one of my biggest customers. Um, nice. So I do a lot of their corporate branding. I have a large medical company, a lot of beer distributors that I do a lot of their you know driver jackets and hats and swag for basically. So it's it's been um, it's been fun. And now actually, what's kind of opening up to me is I'm doing sponsorships for about three different entities right now in pickleball. So, uh, you know, obviously last year, uh, yeah, that's with, awesome. Yeah. I helped with the NPL, uh, yep. do those sponsorships. And then this year there's a indoor pickleball tour that's starting. It's going to be at uh, four convention centers. I'm helping them with some sponsorships. And then, uh, I just talked to the regional across the nation. How's that work? And talk about that uh, a little bit. That sounds pretty neat. Yeah. It's actually a very neat concept and it's uh, Randy Sussman, Jim Ludwig from the U S open. Uh, he started, you know, was one of the guys that started the U S open. Okay. And yeah. Cal Yates is involved and it's they're great gonna have, player. They're going to have, yeah, awesome player. They're going to have four events right now. Uh, right now they have the Atlantic city open as their main stay event. They're opening up Las Vegas is going to be their first event in June and then uh, Charlotte and Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. And I really think they're onto something, you know, they have, in the past, they just used the cement floor, but this year they did a deal with uh, Pick a Roll and Pickleball United to bring in the rolled up courts. Yes. And they had, I want to say in Atlantic City, they had 26 courts. Wow. And um, they're all divided. They have all their separation. They have their own uh, video wall on their center court. Have Right now they're using the Swift Nets mm-hmm. as their nets. And going to work on some deals there with maybe some other people to try and get a little better net uh in that thing swim that's bad just you know a little more permanent tennis net type thing in there versus the one that can just roll away just roll away i mean the swim net's probably the best of all the portable nets because yep. it does have the cord that goes across right but, um you know people are still you know wanting those the, the real feel of the net but right now they work well with swim net and so they've done 26 courts in atlantic city i believe in Vegas. And I want to say in Atlantic City, they had about 700 participants last year. That's, um, that's still so this, a lot. Yeah, this year they're looking to get upwards of a thousand. At Atlantic um, City. At, at uh, Vegas. In Vegas, Atlantic okay. City, uh, Charlotte, they're also looking to get up there. And um, where in Charlotte are they gonna are they gonna put this? At? Is uh, it in the Charlotte Convention uh, Center or at the Charlotte Convention Center? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was oh, out the- in Vegas last year when they did the bubbly at the MGM convention mm-hmm. center, and they used the roll up cords there. And I mean, they had cords all, I don't know how many, it was amazing how many cords they had around just the one center court they used for the main event, but those were all the roll in style. Oh yeah. No. And, and those courts are good. Um, last year during the PGA show that I go to every year, uh, Selkirk was there and they had the pickle roll court out there for the, they have a tennis at racket expo and the PGA show now, since, um, you know, most of the clubs around the country have tennis centers and pickleball centers now. So they are definitely, uh, you know, trying to open themselves up to, you know, more of the racket side of each club. Mm-hmm. So they had the court there last year and it was great. It's when you put it on a cement floor, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, I don't think there's much difference. I mean, it's kind of gritty, but it is, uh, it's a good court. It plays just like a real court. The seams were not an issue. And I think with the indoor thing, like I kind of was telling them, I said, you know, our, our tagline should kind of be, you know, no rain, no delays, just pickleball. Because uh, at Atlantic City this year, they had the tropical storm that went through, or I can't remember if it was a hurricane or a tropical storm, but they played right through it because 
they're inside. That's they right. Issues. And then um, out in, in, um, I think in an outdoor event, was it both Texas and California? It yes. might've been PPA had, had yep. weather delays for some mm -hmm. of the big events. Right. Yeah. And so you're, you're absolutely right. I think the more we see pickleball continue to grow, the more true pickle venues you're going to see because, and we'll talk about this here in a minute. I want you to you know, finish your thought there from what, mm -hmm. where we were. Some of the, you know, the harumphs around U.S. Open this year at the Country Club in Texas and the fact that so many people are now coming to these events, mm -hmm. the places that used to hold them aren't yeah. ready and just they haven't been ready. And I don't think that's their fault so much, but we got to get ready quick because yes. it's not going to stop. And I just think that, uh, you know, with being indoors like that and people traveling from, you know, California say they're not they're going to be a little leery of, you know, I'm going to travel all this way and you know, spend all this money and my event might get canceled. Right. So now you, you take that worry out completely. And as you saw with nationals, it was nationals in Texas, not the U S open U S open okay, nationals. That's right. My, um, my bad. The issue there too, you know, not enough bathrooms, toilets were backing up. Parking was brutal. You Distance know, of things. facilities to court proximity. Yeah. Facilities to court. <laughs> were you Dude. down there? I was not. I didn't. I okay. gave it a wait and see year because I just knew that it might be a little bit of a struggle. And part of the reason to go to nationals was to go to probably the most beautiful place we had played, which was Indian Wells Tennis Center. I mean, it was other than the U.S. Open. I would probably say it was the most event-like venue where you felt like it was a professional event. Right. Uh, just because of the uniform look of it. You know, I'm, me coming from the PGA Tour, you know, you're used to the uniform look of the tents, you're used to the stands, you're used to, you know, stadium type seating like they had there. And I don't know if you went out there ever to Indian Wells, but it was absolutely gorgeous out there. Only ever uh, seen it from afar on yeah. TV hosting tennis events, but I can only imagine that it would actually lend itself, you know, to pickleball. Yes. And I think even though out here we've got the the legacy center where they had some MLP and PPA mm -hmm. PPA events and that's set up pretty good for pickleball desert ridge where PPA is going to be again it again it's a big tennis center and i hope yeah. they've a little bit of it set up different from the fans point of view this year just from what the way it was last year i was out there last year i plan on being there again this year we'll see yeah, yeah i wouldn't count on that no I, i'm not going to count on it <laughs> i just wanted you to agree with me first they're going to do, they're going to, no, I agree. I mean, they're going to do their, you know, six courts that are dedicated and then the rest will be temporary. So that was part of my issue with nationals is when I read that it could be up to 60 courts that to me that just reeked of temporary courts, which, you know, it ended up being, but yeah, this indoors, I mean, you, the nice thing too, is you have people involved that have been involved in sports before, such as myself and a couple others. So the, the running side of the event, you know, the operational side of the event, you know, we'll have practice courts because we have the space so we can put down an extra, you know, 12 court. They may partner with the senior leagues, NPL, to maybe try to host, co-host an event while they're having their event. That um, would be, um, that would be great. Yes. So just trying to work some things right now where that would happen because this year, chicken and pickle with the NPL, chicken and pickle was great. Love the place, love the facility, awesome food, great atmosphere. Um, a little tough to see in there with the garage doors. wasn't really, um, you know, set up for senior eyes. It's it. So. There was a little visibility trouble from the old yes. chicken and pickle. You're right. And then also there was a little bit of crowding, let's just say in there. 
yes. uh, the garage doors in the courts because it was, I mean, it was butts to elbows, Tom, walking yeah. around in there. Yeah. It really you were was. There. Yeah. You were there. I, I was out there in Glendale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the one we finally figured out to cover the doors with like the landscaping uh, blackout stuff. So the doors were not an issue. And there it was even worse because there was cars parked in the parking lot. So the glare was coming off the windshields, yep. uh, which, which was making it even worse. So we covered that up, fixed that issue. So that won't be an issue if we uh, have some events at Chicken and Pickle next year. Going back, uh, won't be an issue anymore. But again, as you said, you know, lack of space to post fans because there was people that wanted to come in and watch. And they came in and they just got crowded in. So there, there were, and I, I was surprised too to see. I ran into, let's just say, half a dozen, max it out, baker's dozen people would be couples, maybe some individuals, and I would just ask them, "Oh yeah, are you here for the tournament?" And they mm-hmm. would, no, we were just out in the area. We decided to come check out this chicken and pickle thing, and now we wanted to watch some of the pickleball. And they'd come in and kind of walk out because it, it was crowded. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's only with NPL, and let's just great segue into NPL. And Tom DiCaprio here, a founder of NPL, which is the National Pickleball League, it's only going to get stronger too. I was still impressed at how the event was still organized, how the teams are. And this next year, I think, is just going to be even bigger for the NPL. Yes, I, I agree with that. I know they're going to try to get some more teams. Just to correct a little bit, I, I'm one of the original founders, but no longer considered a founder because I had to step away a little bit to run my own business. So now I'm just more helping them with sponsorships. Original founder had to Rich go Lundberg. away a little bit, yeah. but also a player. You know, you are. Yeah, I was a player. I played for Denver this year. We had a great. Uh, the iconic. Great run there. The iconics. Did you help with the name? Who came up with the name? The name was done by uh, our two owners, okay. uh, Chris and Mario. Uh, I guess the Icon Mountains are there. Ah, that makes sense. Yes. And so the, we became the iconics. And, and folks, uh, you can you can get. A Tom DiCaprio Denver Iconics jersey. You go search for that online. You can get one. Number ninety nine. I saw it. Number ninety nine. Looks pretty tight too. Those uniforms were tight. They were good. They were nice uniforms. So uh, uh, Sky Sky Blue Pickleball did a good job with those this year. So I think everybody was um, you know pretty happy with their uniforms and kind of neat to see their their jerseys online for sale. So uh, I think everybody enjoyed that. But I think this year is going to be incredible. You know, Rick Beth and Michael did an outstanding job. Uh, Julie Weston as well, best sister, was fabulous and running the events every week. I felt bad for them at times because they were trying to <laughs> run the league and also play at a high level. Right. So I don't want to say it was it was more of a you know reason for me to not you know be worried about being involved because that that kind of took that out. Um, so you could I, play I, and enjoy versus enjoy. also having the. the I way- still helped with sponsorship stuff and some other things <laughs> okay. during the week. That, that's nothing compared to the stuff, the work they did. I mean, they were up uh, crazy hours all all mornings and doing, uh, you know, putting things together. So they they were fantastic. Hats off to them for doing a great job this year. I think this year with more added teams, you know, hopefully there's some teams from out west. I'm hearing, so I'm not so involved. Like in- the Arizona Havelinas or something. Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be some teams, you know, from California, maybe Arizona. I, I don't think anymore from Florida. I heard another one from maybe Texas. 
so there was a lot of interest this year in uh, owning the teams. I know we had to turn some people away last year. Um, What's that process for for people just to just to know how did how does that come about? How do people get involved in ownership side of it? Because you mentioned again, six teams this year could be I think eight in twenty four, if not a couple more as soon as the year after that. Is yes. there a, is there a bid process then? I know I spoke with Carol Rolls about that, um, but go ahead and, and if you can talk about that a little more. Uh, I mean, I don't know of the exact process. I know it just deals with probably getting in contact with Paul Bamundo, the new CEO, who's a fantastic guy. I actually worked with my sister when she worked with the NBA. So a little bit of history there, but probably getting in touch through him or Michael or Rick or Beth. Uh, I know they had a ton of interest last year. I think they were trying to add six more teams. And I know there was about, uh, I'd say at least eight or nine people interested in that because a lot of them were at uh, Glendale actually. Yeah, that's out. where the that's where I heard a lot of a lot of the buzz of twelve teams, right? Yes. Heading heading from from six to twelve sooner than yes. anyone even thought, which is just great, especially great for young pickle dreamers like myself, right? At fifty one yes. years old, right. coming in coming in with a three point four nine nine duper, which <sighs> I can't stand. Let's go ahead and blow up the duper rating for a minute, or I'll uh, let, how can we make any- how can we make this better, closer to a golf handicap? For crying out loud. I don't know. I mean, there um, has to be a way. Yeah, I mean, Duper is not my favorite. I don't think it's anybody's favorite. I think it's very inaccurate. Um, it's a- <laughs> you know, I went into a play a local money ball with a buddy of mine here in Bradenton, and we ended up losing to these two young, these two younger kids. And this one kid was like a five six singles duper, but his doubles duper was three nine eight at the time <laughs> he played it. That's a pretty and big so- disparity. <laughs> And we lost 20, we play in um, games to 21 and we lost like 21, like 19 or 18 or something like that to him. So it's not like we got, so it's like we were playing games to 21. And so we lost like 21, like 18 or 19. It's like we got blown out of the water or anything. And then our dupers just both crashed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So we were like, we were both like five. I think he was like five, one something. And I was like five, two, one. And then we both went down to like four, eight, eight. And we're both like, what? What just happened? Yeah, how does that? How was that? Yeah, possible. And, and at the U.S. Open last year, I beat six people that were five five plus rated players, and my duper went down. <laughs> so explain that to me. So I mean, not to bash on duper. I mean, it's you, know, you can a process in the making, but if you know, I call it the Zillow of pickleball. Love it. So um, there's some people with some inflated dupers and some people with not so great dupers. But even the the rating system. I mean, I was looking at the ratings last week for the um, tournament, uh, APP tournament in Chicago, Chicago uh-huh. and they had they had Jaime Onsteens as a four or five. Now Jaime's arguably probably the top three senior pro now, <laughs> easily. I mean, between one or two or three, you know, him all top and Dane and Dave Dave Weinbach and Rick. Okay, yep. But obviously in that top five, they got him rated as a four or five. So I mean, that's just that's just pickleball ratings. I don't understand why. It's just so hard. Yeah. And um, I, from from a perspective of somebody playing a lot of rec pickleball, finally just got a, a duper number because yeah. at the pickle mall, they'll put your number into the machine and you get this thing. I'm going to play in a minor league style event this weekend. Excited <laughs> about it. Me and my nice. friend Mark and just two people that we met randomly from a, a lady that I met playing, her friend, and then... The guy at Pickleball is like, here's a list of ladies. We need more teams. 
So of course I sent out the email, got some response. We're all happy about it. We've had like one team session so far, but then I come to find out, this is what's hilarious, Tom, uh, the girl Claire I'm playing with her friend, Tina, her and her husband, Will, they play a lot of pickleball. And I'm like, well, they're not going to be in our bracket. We don't have to worry about that. And they are. And, and so I'm thinking to myself, this can be a bunch of like true tournament dupered people whose, you know, duper might've fallen down to get them into this 14 bracket or their right. 14 bracket somehow. I don't know. I'm still looking forward to having a lot of fun, but I believe, and I, I, I consistently hear that just the disparity, even at this local fun event. Sure, there's a thousand dollars on the line, but I'm not breaking my neck. <laughs> I want to go out here and have some fun and actually compete. Yeah, and I mean, so we'll see. It's just I don't know if UTR is the answer. I think from the tennis people that I've talked to, they've said I know APP has kind of aligned themselves with UTR. Some tennis people I know are like that's not perfect either, but. To me, I mean, I mean, the USGA, you can kind of massage your handicap, you know, when you play in like a member guest or a member, member, member or something and a guy. It's true. You can, yeah. She's <laughs> three under on the front nine. You're like, okay, how are you at 10? Right. Um, so, I mean, there, there's issues with that, with every sport, I guess, but I just don't understand why it has to be so hard. And I don't also don't understand why, like my mixed rating is higher than my men's rating or vice versa like it's just it should be doubles and singles yes i i agree i think i mean you're absolutely right if we have to take one step into yeah. the basic principle rating system somewhere let's do singles doubles that's a perfect yeah. way to get it started <laughs> i mean I, I understand mix is a different game and you know whatever but that shouldn't matter it's just i mean it's it's doubles it's not right, you know, right. not a totally different i mean it's doubles there's not, no other way to describe it. Did you find when, when, when you started playing pickleball, speaking of that, did have you, now you've played some singles, you play singles still or mainly all doubles? Yeah, no, I, uh, God, my last singles was, uh, I want to say it was an APP event in Atlanta. I was up, I was up four, nothing on Scott Moore in the first game. Nice. And no relation folks. No relation, by the way. Well, it could be, then, don't know for sure. lost, uh, 11, four. <laughs> And then lost uh, 11-2 or something. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done with singles. I, I was never very good at uh, singles in tennis either. So I was okay. more a doubles player. So doubles was more my focus when I played, you know, either on like a club team or something like that. But yeah, I did play singles. I remember the first year at the U.S. Open, it was about 1,000 degrees. And I'm playing <laughs> against a kid, kid who traveled all the way from like, uh, I want to say it was somewhere in the middle of the country, like, you know, Colorado or Kansas or something like that to play. and kind of had him on the ropes in the last game. And I'm like, God, if I beat this kid, I got to play another younger. You got to go again. <laughs> thousand degrees. And I was just like, yeah, I might just give him this, this set. So a gentle, uh, a gentle walk off just to preserve yeah, your, just, your own uh, self. You know, just kind of preserve some, some dignity and, uh, you know, be able to hold my head high, but singles is fine. It's just, it's just such a different game from doubles. I like the, you know, the strategy of doubles and the kind of intricacies that go into the doubles game. Singles to me is just more like mini tennis now. Right. Um, I mean, you can see a lot of these tennis people that are coming in and dominating uh, on the single side because it's, you know, it's a it's a racket sport that's smaller and uh, or the court's smaller and it's just, a, you know, they're, they're using their years of training to kind of dominate. So that's, it's kind of interesting how tennis players don't really do so well at doubles at first. In the doubles right but they dominate more in the singles just because it's i mean you know i was a golfer you know you should be beating me you know you played 
division two or one or whatever tennis, you should beat me. <laughs> yeah, you should get me. You should get me, but too bad. I'm going to go right around you. Yeah. Let's so, get up to the kitchen and have some real fun. That's right. <laughs> but uh, I always like it when, uh, you know, new people come in and they just think they can just bang the ball for the three and you just kind of keep getting them back, getting them back. And, um, you know. Well, I think that's a great point. You have to figure out right away. If you're going to try that kind of a strategy, if you want to bang it, right? Are yep. they and they block it because if they can, you better change it up or all game. You're going to be you're going to be at a disadvantage because they're going to block yeah. it, you know, just right into the kitchen anyway. And the best part of that is when you're you're out there just playing with your friends and it's next game up and you think, oh, we got this team. We've got them. It's, you know, let's just say a, a lady and her husband or friend and, and maybe they, mm -hmm. don't, they you don't think they look like they're in the best shape. And next thing you know, you're down seven two, and oh, yeah. and, and hoping they want to run it back. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, there's some people where it's, it's definitely, you know, don't judge a book by its cover type thing in this sport. You never and, do uh, on the pickle court. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me. It's, there's some people that in the NPL this year, I'm, I'm like, I never heard of these people before and they were just amazing. You That's know, what just, the other thing that just put me in awe and kind of dashed my dreams was, holy crap, these people are all 50 plus and they're really good too. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So the interesting thing is, it seems to be more on, I don't really know how factual this is, but it seems to be more on the senior side, the 50 plus side. You have a lot more former tennis players that were, you know, good, really good college tennis players that are now finding, finding pickleball because like, for instance, uh, a guy we play with around here, he, you know, played at uh, Furman University. He was a really good player, really uh, high, Furman. you know, five, five tennis player, really good player. He just, you know, tennis just beats him up now. So he likes to play pickleball because it gives him his, you know, competitive racket. That's uh, right. Sport that he gets to play, but you know, and, he, and he's really good. I think you might see that kind of trickle down into, mm -hmm. into youth as pickleball continues to get more of a focus. It's going oh, yeah. to be on TV more. It's going to be more mm -hmm. visible. It's still accessible that, I mean, youth coming up, there'll be a shift from, Hey, we're going to go play tennis. And guess what? They might be playing pickleball too. And, you know, parents might, well, I know parents are gravitating their kids to pickleball because now it's the next thing, right? Oh, my son will be that, or my daughter will be that, but it takes work. <laughs> you it's still have to work at it like anything else. It's not cheaper. I mean, let's That's talk, true. let's talk about that. That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about and not to focus on any specific paddle. I know you're represented by Selkirk mm -hmm. and they're a great paddle company. But the noise about paddles, Tom, it's always paddles, 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 this, mm -hmm. paddles, that. What's your take? Can you can you at least explain a little bit for the lower tier player, you know, what the noise is about paddles? You know, why is it hot? And why do these players get so upset? Uh, the paddles being hot or the deflection or the whatever they're calling it coming off the paddles is you know, it's just a safety issue. I mean, you're standing, you know, 14 feet from somebody and someone's firing a ball at you, you know, 80 miles an hour, you know, if that tags you in the face, you got issues. But I think biggest thing about the hot paddles is, you know, the reaction time. I think they proved it was like a 0.3, like for instance, there's a new paddle on the market, um, rhymes with deer socks. I might've heard of it. Yes. That is uh, apparently very powerful and very poppy. And um, with something like it comes off the face at 0.3 seconds, whereas most paddles are at like 0.2. So like that's like a, you know, that's, that's a big, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're standing, you know, 
like I said, 14 feet away from someone, that, you know, right. that's an extra half second to second less of reaction time. Those fractional um, seconds equate into that speed. If you're right, if it hits you in the face, even if it hits you in the, in the shoulder, it doesn't yeah, feel that shoulder, good. You know, shoulder, chest, you know, wherever, hopefully not down below the waist. I just think, you know, paddles. That's a real body bag right there. Yeah, that's a real body bag. Uh, <laughs> paddles have, have gotten kind of crazy. I mean, I remember with Selkirk, you know, originally I had to use a Paddletech paddle, the old Tempest. And, you know, it was a great paddle. But, I mean, the paddles have come so far. And it's so, to me, on the golf side, it's so similar to where, like, I still have my my burner bubble that I used when I played on tour. And it was... Preach, you know, Tom. Head. Preach. I do, too. Little, little tiny <laughs> right. head. I'm like, and I'm like, this thing's the size of my three wood now. But I think in any sport, equipment's going to evolve and people are going to find ways to, you know, the technology is going to advance and they're going to find ways to give people advantages. You know, unfortunately, some of these paddles that delaminate, you know, it's not the person's fault that buys the paddle that gets delaminated. I think... You know, some of these companies need to do maybe either a little better quality control job, policy laminating, or just figure out a way to, you know, build them better so it just doesn't happen. Because uh, we play with some people here in Tampa. They have a couple of delaminated paddles, and it's just, it's, I mean. You can hear it, can't you? You can hear it, first of all. And then second of all, you just see it, just the shots they can hit. Right. Flick of, flick of the wrist, and all of a sudden it's, you know, by you or on you, and you're like, okay, you, you've never been able to do that before until you have that paddle. It was similar to the way, you know, with drivers when they had the hot faces, you know, and people were getting called out for yep, that's right for the hot face. And it's not like you know people did it on purpose. Um, I mean, I know on tour they all those tour trailers have drivers that are, you know, right up to the the threshold of the deflection. You know, those guys are getting the hottest drivers there are out there. Not that they need the help hitting it, you know, three sixty or whatever they hit it. You and, know, and and when you're competing at that professional level and there is you know more money on the line there's sponsorships let's say you always want the best equipment and and professionals are going to seek advantages if they can have it as long as it's right in right right if it's within in in the uh the line of the rule you're Mm -hmm. you're going to want that right because 360 is going to be a little further than 355. yes and it's just you know it's a little advantage that you're going to get and you know it's it's if it's within the rules, it's within the rules. I, I think the whole paddle testing thing is kind of funny. I had a, a friend of mine who was actually in the room at the MLP uh, in Atlanta while they were doing all the testing. Were they just and throwing them out? I hear they just throw them out by the like lollipops. He said, he said it was a joke, and he's just <laughs> like, you know, people were bringing in like five, six paddles, and they were and they weren't passing. Right. And I mean, it, it's just to me, there's some paddles where like I've actually put my fingernails on the paddle and were able to file my nails. And I'm like, that's, that's a little too much. You that's know? a little bit of a groove. It's a little bit of a, of a grip there. But apparently somebody was telling me, I can't remember which way it was, but they said the vertical uh, was not measured. It was the horizontal, which kind of made no sense to me because the vertical seems to be where all, you'd get all the spin. But Correct. said they only measure the horizontal uh, depth, not the vertical depth. So you could have the vertical as you know, much as you wanted grit-wise. Well, it's like you uh, said, You know, they're going to continue to figure ways to – change the way the face of the paddle comes together mm-hmm. to give you know less resistance and all the mm-hmm. composite technologies i just think with so, a lot of the companies that we see pop up paddle this and there's a new yes. paddle here i yeah. don't know how sustainable that is the the sport itself though 
Do you see Olympics? Are we going to get pickleball as an Olympic sport? We didn't get it this time around. What do you think the next summer projected after, I think, L.A. maybe? I think uh, this year or this one around was maybe a little too early for it. I think they probably want to see it in college first, maybe, is, you know, and I know like some universities like Drury are doing the, you know, scholarships for pickleball. And I think once you start to see that a little more and it's a little more mainstream, and I know there's collegiate pickleball now and it's like kind of like a club thing, but I think once you start seeing scholarships kind of like an amateur level that is at a high level, uh, like some of these college kids, uh, I think then you start to get in the conversation for the Olympics. I just think, you know, it's a little too soon for pickleball. Might still need more of that feeder base, like you're saying, through collegiate background, where we've got these true amateur athletes that are 17 to 22 years old or something like that, you know, that true Olympian. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. And I think it it will come, but I agree. I think we still, we were a little too soon, think it was just going to get right on the docket for LA as cool as that might have been. Let me get you out of here on this. We talked about youth pickleball, which is going to be huge. What's on the radar for yourself, Tom? What's the what's your next big event? What's the next big thing DCM's working on right now? And then I got those fun questions I want to get back to you on. Uh, so what's on the radar for me is uh, obviously I'm going to play NPL next year. So that'll be... Uh, My um, question, and I asked, I asked Alex Simon, same question. Mm-hmm. Will you stay iconic or are you up for grabs? Are you back in the draft? Do you know? I believe we're all back in the draft. I think okay. some of the uh, the like the signed. I'm not sure how that works 100, percent but I think like you know like the Jaime on scenes and the, some of those are staying with their teams. But I believe everybody's back in the draft. Okay, and well, so MPL owners, time is available. Time to start yeah. wheeling and dealing. Not, not sure if uh, you know we'll be we'll be remaining in Denver. I'd like to. They're great guys and, and fun guys. So hopefully. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll have me back, but if not, I'll gladly go elsewhere. I know some um, folks in Austin and Oklahoma City who would love to have Tom on their team. Oh, I would I would love that. The Oklahoma City team was a lot of fun. I love uh, Mark Milner is one of my good buddies. He was their GM. Yes, um, yes. But uh, after that or before that, I'm probably going to play uh, the two senior pro events here, uh, senior tour, senior pro tour, whatever, uh, the Matias and Dave Furman run events. Se- yep. Senior pickleball tour is, or yes. is it senior pro tour? Senior pro tour. Yep. So I'm going to do those uh, in Boca and Del Rey with my U.S. Open partner. Don't One forget your partner's name. Oh, no, I know who it is. Oh. Matt, Matt, Matt Troyer from Indy. All right. We signed up, or I signed up for the Open already, so we're ready to roll there. And then so uh, we're going to get a few tournaments in. We're going to try to play the APP in Punta Gorda and do some of the home team events here and then work my way into NPL. Fantastic. Back on APP real quick, because, you know, my just spokes everywhere. I saw APP doing an inaugural team style event. This Humana, is it the Humana Cup is the team thing? Well, that was a 50 plus thing they're doing. That's, that's the champions, yes. Yep. Champions and then, yep. And then also a team style event, which I love the team aspect and how MLP does it. And I think we're going to mm-hmm. see a lot more of that as well, especially MPL. On Instagram, there was a post of that. That wasn't your boat getting towed. What was that all about? No, that was not my boat getting towed. That was, uh, so my friends and I, we were out at dinner and uh, there's this Instagram page called Qualified Captain. I just took a video of 
somebody towing a, <laughs> a very large boat with a very small boat. Yeah, and the awesome. Rope was very strained, so we were waiting for it to snap. <laughs> and uh, it um, did not snap, fortunately for them. We were lamenting how it's definitely a qualified captain moment. And that's when you, awesome. when you own a boat. When you own my girlfriend and I own a boat, so when you own a boat, it's uh, definitely uh, something you want to stay off of. You, know, you don't want to make qualified captain, is what no, you're saying. No, running running into docks and uh, <laughs> doing, doing some other things like that it can get you on qualified captain pretty easily. But what's, your, what's the, the name of your boat? I've not chosen the name yet. It's it's only 21 foot boat, so they say 23 okay. and above. You should name. Ah, uh, you got a namer anyway. So maybe maybe the next one. Uh, if we're looking at possibly upgrading uh, this year to a little bit bigger. So maybe if the next one we get, we'll have a name, but there, there's been a few out there. Do you still have that old RV or do you have a new RV? No, I still have that. I am uh, actually working on trading that in to get a uh, van, like a smaller uh, van, more manageable van RV. Gotcha. Um, so right now it's just sitting in storage up in uh, Lakeland, Florida. How did you ever wrap it back in the day? I did what? Did you wrap it back in the day? You were in the article. It mentioned you were going to get it wrapped. Um, I never ended up getting it wrapped. Uh, I was I was in talks with Geico about wrapping it. Um, <laughs> we never actually ended up wrapping it, uh, which was fine with me because you know I wanted to keep it nice and and clean and fresh. Uh, I remember I talked to a couple. I think I talked to Marathon Oil about wrapping it and kind of just being a travel <laughs> billboard. But I, <laughs> I would do that. I would do that again for. You know, I've talked to a couple of companies about just doing that at pickleball tournaments where the the RV could be, that's why I wanted the van. So it would be a little more manageable and maneuverable. And you could just put it right in the parking lot of the tournament and kind of make awesome. it, the, you know, the kind of the display area for that brand. So I was talking to Zealous, who's the insole company that sponsors me about possibly, you know, putting some insoles in there and maybe we could sell some insoles at tournaments. And I need like some that. of those, which is that company. Go ahead and pump them up. I'm going to ask you about Relight too, because that looks okay. like I need some of that as well. Uh, it's called Zealous Insoles. Uh, it's actually a company. The parent company is called. Uh, I want to say it's Satech. S A T E C H. Okay. And what they, what their original company was, is they sold. Uh, this technology was a rubber mat with these little air cushions in it for big factories like Boeing and um, some of the larger factories out in the Pacific Northwest. And then they engineered that technology into insoles. I was actually the one that got them into pickleball because uh, I guy. had. Some plantar fasciitis. I was having issues. I went through about just about every insole you could think. I found these insoles and they actually worked, you know, along with some rehab to get rid of my plantar fasciitis. And I haven't had an issue since. If and you've ever been- had plantar fasciitis out there, folks, it is some of the worst pain you can ever have. You know, if you've had it, so you might want to look into these insoles. Zealous, that's the name again? Yep. Z-E-L-U-S, Zealous. Z-E-L-U-S. You can see that on Tom's Instagram page too. And they can use my code DECAPZEAL. What's your Instagram again? Uh, my Instagram is at DECAPPICKLEBALL. DECAPPICKLEBALL. Uh, did you ever have any sponsorship with Outback Steakhouse or Hooters back in the day? Uh, no, I, I personally didn't, but I actually did a sponsorship with Hooters at the golf tournament. So did you, did, Were you hanging with Daly? I have hung with JD before. Yes. I mean, JD is a trip, right? I was following daily around back in the day. I went to Elon college. And so greater Greensboro was always at forest Oaks down there. And Mm -hmm. so daily has like just come back on tour at one point. So he had the shaved head drinking diet Cokes down in, you know, cigarettes and M&Ms. 
but he had peeled one off the, the left side. Well, this was early 90s. We were just sitting down the fairway, right, waiting mm-hmm. to see where John was going to hit the ball. And this was just so awesome. He comes walking down the fairway, Tom, and you could probably attest to this. There's the ball, caddy, club. I mean, like two steps, look, swing, probably about oh, yeah. 20. And then just keeps rolling, pulls on the smoke. What's up, fellas? And walks on by. It was so cool. Yeah, he was definitely laid back and definitely played fast. And I wish, you know, uh, more people played like that out there. <laughs> so it wouldn't be so long and tedious. But, yeah, he's definitely laid back. And he's still doing that on the Champions Tour. So he's out there. You know, and his boy can play, too. His, I mean, his kid's got yeah, a swing. His, his kid's really good. So I believe he's at Arkansas. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's at Arkansas, I believe. So let me ask you these quick questions to favorite music. What does Tom like to jam to when he's out on that boat? Oh, let's see. Well, my favorite music, I, I like the kind of like the classic rock, you know, a little harder rock, like uh, Rush, Metallica. Right uh, on. Queen's Rike Tool, those type of things. Uh, nice. On the, bo- on the boat, I'm kind of forced to listen more to like some alt music. Uh-oh. So, like, this is the serious. girlfriend's influence is uh, coming in serious all she's done like the screaming and the you know metallica <laughs> and all that stuff uh, but yeah that's that's kind of the stuff that gets me a little pumped up that's what i listen to on my uh i like it my um airpods before i uh, get out in the court tool but, uh, one of my tool. favorite albums oh yeah tool's good and rush i've i've uh I like been, if we're know, watching a movie is it going to be action or comedy well let's see probably going to be comedy Chris Farley or John Belushi? Ooh, tough one. Probably Chris Farley. All right. Crab or lobster? Oh, man, you're killing me. Uh, too bad you can't have like a turducken. Uh, I have had a turducken. I'd probably have to say lobster because I just had lobster. Have you ever had a turducken? I have had a turducken. Yeah, I, I, ha- I got one from, I'll plug the Cajun Grocer. I don't even know if they're still around, but I got one from them and sent it home. We did it one time. My mom allowed it. She won't have it again, but I thought it was awesome. Yeah, no, it's it was good. It was definitely good. It was, uh, maybe they need to come up with like a, lo- a, a crabster or something like that. Let's think about that. You and I need to get that in beta and through some we of did. your contacts, we'll get a restaurant down there to make it for us. Yeah, no, we could definitely try. All right. Dream Vacation. You got to make up for, uh, you know, being forced to listen to alt music on the boat. Where, mm. and what's the dream vacation? I'd probably say Amalfi Coast in Italy. Ooh, fantastic. It's a beautiful drive. Some people get a little scary. I yeah. lived in Italy as a kid, Navy brat, okay. and so driven around the Amalfi Coast, you'll love it. Okay. I had a uh, good friend of mine here that owns an Italian restaurant. He's from uh, Rimini. Fantastic. Okay. I got to get to where you are because I've got some friends in the Tampa area begging me to come out there. When I do, Tom, we got to play some pickleball. We'll talk some football. See how I kept us away from the football talk like I promised. You know, I I promise I did it right, folks. Tom's from New York. We already went through it. So we had just a great talk today without having to worry about any of that other junk. Tom, I had a blast today. I hope you did too. I did. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate the uh, the time, and uh, you know, I look forward to uh, seeing you here in Tampa. Hopefully soon, we'll get some pickleball and some golf in. Let's do it. I got to get out there. I'm going to make it part of my 24 plans. I'm going to be a little okay. more mobile this year, so we will thanks. absolutely do it. And thanks again so much. Okay, thanks, Michael. We'll talk to you soon. Tom, we will, and we need to talk to someone about this seafood turducken. How fun was that? 
just kicking it with a true Selkirk OG. Tell you what, go kick it and enjoy your week. Come back Friday. I'll be here. I'll see all y'all right here next time for more.